You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Comic Life. My name is Jeff. And I'm Sam. And we want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Sam, how's your week been going so far? Uh, it's going pretty good, man. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. Just ordered myself the complete Thunder in Paradise series off of Amazon.com. Thunder in Paradise. Really? I What can I say? I found it. It was like 13 bucks. It's Hulk Hogan meets Is, Knight Rider on a boat with explosions. To, I was like, I have to get this. I was about to say, um, we were just talking about that on, like, I think, like, our second or third episode. Uh, yeah, we were, we were spinoffs. Talking about, yeah, spinoffs or, or TV shows. That, that. No, no, not spinoffs. Uh, shows we'd like to see brought back and, yeah, and brought made into back. a movie. And yeah, how much did you say you paid for it? Like 13 bucks. Oh, 13? Yeah, yeah, that's Okay, good. and you said it was, what, like... It was what you said, fourteen episodes. Yeah, like fourteen. Okay, so buck an episode. I yeah. mean, that's no that's no different than buying it from iTunes and uh, downloading it directly on you know from that. So okay, yeah, that's not that's not as bad. Like, do they even? Ha- did you say? Uh, uh, is it Blu-ray? It's DVD. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask. Like, do you even think that? Like, do you think that? Like, whoever the production company is went back, or not the production company, but also the distributor went back and was like. Hey, you know, we got all these old shows that we got to, you know, remaster and do all this stuff and, you know, switch from SD to HD. Do you you think that's one of the shows? They're like, we got to get this one out there. HD, Blu-ray, motherfucking quality. I don't know. Like, like when I looked on Amazon, they're like, there's only 18 copies left. Order soon. So obviously there is a fan base. See, I I think sometimes when you see that stuff on uh, Amazon where they're like, hurry, only, you know, like two left in stock, like. Part of me thinks that is, you know, the old, uh, like an old sales tactic where, you know, you think like, oh my God, they're so popular, they're selling out. But then, like, you know, you turn around and you go in the back in the stock room and there's like, you know, boxes and boxes of it, you know. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I think, you know. I but I don't know. I'm excited. I know what I'm doing this weekend. It's called Thunder in Paradise. Nice. Um, nice. Other thing popping up on my radar, I guess. Uh, I never thought I would be getting to the age where people are like, man, we really need to help Sam out, you know, like 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 we need to we need to help this dude out. But uh, I'm 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 being set up on a on a blind date, dude. I wish someone would set me up on a blind date because I had to close down. Like I had an OK Cupid uh, profile, and I had signed up for like their premium package, and I didn't want to renew the premium thing because I didn't I didn't feel like I had you know my money's worth out of it. And so they auto charged me and I wrote them and I was like, no, I didn't. You guys didn't give me the option to be like, hey, you know, your premium thing's about to run, run out. Do you want to re up or do you you know, want to let it expire? They never gave me that option. So I contacted their customer service and they're like, yeah, OK, we can refund your money, but you got to close down your profile. So I had to close down my OK Cupid profile. And because of that, like I have no contact like with like single women, and it's terrible because I don't go out to bars anymore. I had to give that up, you know. And I just I, I don't know. W- I wish someone would set me up on a blind date. I mean, I, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but like the last blind date I went on, like I was a sophomore in high school, and, and it was so awful, so bad. Like I swore. I would never do this again. But you can't do that because you were a sophomore in high school. You were 
How old are you? You're like what? Like I'm 28 now. No, 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 no. How old are you when you're a sophomore in high school? Like 15, 16. Yeah, 15, 16. Guess what, Sam? 15, 16. Everything you do is awkward because you're a teenager. No, it wasn't awkward. It was that this girl I was talking to, I met her through a friend, and we were talking on IM. And for kids who are new to this, it's called instant messaging. Okay, okay. So for those of you who don't know, IM, instant messaging, is what we had before the Facebook chat. Yes. And before Snapchat and before Instagram and before Vine and before Twitter. Like, it was AM. That's old school. And, ASL. <laughs> and so before like I went on this date, you know, like she wanted to know what I looked like. I wanted to know what she looked like. You know, so I sent her a photo of me at the time. Mm. She sent her a photo of me. Wait, this is when you were 16, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure no, like, no, th- no. this was not like this is what's currently happening. No, 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 no. This is 16. And she sent me a picture of her like a year ago and a hundred pounds lighter. So she sent me a false photo of herself. Oh, uh. Yeah, so, I've been lied to. So when I got there on this date, it was quite a different image. Not that I judge, really, but it was just, I was like, wow. Well, but totally not what you look like. In that case, you're already starting off on a bad note because you're already like, you've already lied to me. You've already, like, the very first thing you ever did was prove that you are untrustworthy because you sent me a BS picture. So and it just kind of went downhill from there, and I yeah, was like, and I was like, man, after this, never again. Yeah, but you know, but also part of that is you know, you're teenagers, you don't know any better, and you live and you learn. I would totally, you know, if someone listening wants to go on and set me up on a blind date. I'll, if someone I'll listening wants it. to date Jeff, period. Yeah, like yeah, like. I, yeah. <laughs> like, go to our Facebook page. Jeff, how do they find our Facebook page? Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash my comic life podcast or when, uh, go in the search bar inside Facebook and just do a search for my comic life. If you want to know which one Jeff is, he's the one in the white shirt with the scraggly beard. I'm with the beard. We really, uh, we really need to get someone to design a logo. We're working on that. We need to because like, I hate that photo. But like, it was at the same time, it was like, it's kind of sucks. This is the best photo that Sam and I have together. You know, it's the only one where one of us isn't, you know, like flipping off the camera, or like blatantly like drunk, you know? So like I said, if you're ever wondering who Jeff is, Jeff is the one in the white shirt with the scraggly the one, the beard, one, the, and the, I'm the one in the black t-shirt with no beard. Right. You could have just been like the one with glasses. True. Jeff has glasses, I yeah, know. But ladies, Jeff is single and available. Hell, I'm single and available. And STD free. <laughs> Just throwing that out us. there. Both just of us clear, out there. clear and free. So, wow, I can't believe that we just turned our show into a personal dating plea. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I have n- I have no shame when it comes to like you throwing no myself out with there. This? No, I have no shame. My comic life just became the dating game. <laughs> All right, so anything else going on, uh, you know, nope, with your just, week? Just Thunder in Paradise and Blind Date. That's good. I'm That's excited. Good. I'm excited because this past weekend was, you know... I had I, I I work on weekends, and but this past weekend was really good because I finally accomplished my little goal of mooching off of my family, of uh, getting free premium channels, and I finally succeeded in that. Yeah, we were talking about this before the show. I thought I was the only one doing this, but you've no. been doing it too. No, yeah. It's so uh, between my parents and my brother. I now have access to like every premium channel, every movie channel, and all their original content, which is amazing. That made me so happy this weekend. The only problem is HBO 
is the only one like if I want to watch, you know, Showtime or Encore or all, like all that stuff, it's all on my iPad. And HBO Go is the only one that allows me to airplay it to my TV because, you know, my entertainment center is an Xbox One and they don't ha- Xbox doesn't have those apps yet. So as soon as we're done recording this, I have to go up to Walmart so I can get one of those adapters that allows me to hook up uh, the Apple digital uh, AV converter that allows me to hook up my iPad to my TV. Oh, yeah. I've seen those at Best Buy. Yeah, so I'm so that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Like, because like this is my weekend because I work overnight weekends. So that is ex- so I'm going to be doing that like as soon as we're done recording this. So we got to hurry, <laughs> you know, because I want to I want to sit on the couch and do nothing but watch shitty movies. And you wonder why you don't have a date? Well, well, man, I don't have money to go out to a bar, and the bars that I do like going to are not where like young women hang out at you know i don't Do you hang out in dive bars it's not that i hang out in dive well i mean i don't know if you count it as a dive bar but like it's not like a club it's not like you know there's a dance floor and there's a dj and people you know you know are are dancing is i like going to a place where i sit down have some music on in the background and like can either a tune like the music's loud enough to where i can tune out the background of people talking and listen to the music or I can do the opposite and tune out the music and have a conversation. That's the type of bars that I like going to. And a lot of women in our age range, I feel, or at least from what I've experienced, don't go to those type of bars. They like, you know, going to, you know, bars where there's a DJ and you have to yell in order to, you know, hear the other person. I'm also not a big fan of those places because typically you have to pay a cover to get in. And I've never liked that idea of like, you want me to spend five to ten dollars to come into your club just so I can give you more money? Mm, I don't like that. You know, I understand if like there's like a special DJ spinning or whatnot and like that cover charge is more like a ticket price. Okay, I understand that. But if it's of like a Tuesday night and you're charging me ten dollars to get into your club or bar, no, I'm not doing that. No, because I'm not that's ridiculous. I'm not going to pay you money just so I can go in and spend more money. So I don't do that. So once again, this is why I would like to be set up on a blind date because now all I'm doing is watching all these premium movie channels that I am mooching off of my uh, family. So, but I'm okay with it, you know, is they're paying for it. So someone, you know, I I understand the whole, there's no, uh, no such thing as a free lunch concept and they're right. But for me, it's free. I'm just not the one that's having to pay. So, you know. Um, all right, Sam, I want to talk about uh, something you posted to our Facebook page. Uh, this is uh, this is starting to, uh, you know, I, I guess you would say go viral. I guess, I guess it already is viral. Uh, there is a new trailer for Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you posted it to our Facebook page, so you can go there now and check out exactly what we're talking about. And what's so awesome about this trailer that you have posted on our page is it is the first glimpse of the new Splinter. Granted, when they say first glimpse, they really they do. They really, I mean. It is a back shot of what looks like a rat with some floppy ears swinging around a katana sword. Right. Well, they do a close-up on his wrist of him like swinging the katana. And then yeah, they they do a uh, a shot from the back, and you can 
and he's just walking. But like you can tell, you know, he well, looks he looks more mobile than in past iterations of Splinter. Yeah, that that was the that was the very first thing that that I noticed when I saw him uh, in the trailer was is you know if you look at the original live action Ninja Turtle movies, they he 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 you know yes like you know he still could do martial arts and could still kick some ass, but. You know, he just looked very frail and very, you know. Well, like, even in the cartoon, the man hobbled around on a right on a cane, right? And <clears throat> you know, and it's we can't really say like, oh, this is a, a you know that he's all new uh, because we only saw him for like half a second of like a thirty second trailer. But in that thirty seconds, just the fact that also the first glimpse is him swinging a sword. A katana that already emits, you know, some badassness that is going to come. Now, what what do you think, Sam, of the fact that Michael Bay is uh, is doing this? You know what? I didn't hate the Transformers films as much as some people did, and towards I'm- the end, I did. And I remember, like back when this, like when the first script idea dropped, and he said he was going to make them aliens, and I was like, okay, so we're having teenage mutant ninja alien turtles, and mm-hmm. I was, and like I was livid, like like I blew up on like Facebook about that. Yeah, I remember that. You you went on for days and days about like how you know how much that's just BS. like I was like I, was like, I ain't going to give money to this film. F that, you're ruining my childhood. Right. Obviously, Michael Bay listened to the fans thankfully and they are going back to the I don't teenage mutant mutagen <laughs> transformed turtle. So I'm I'm happy again and the trailers look pretty badass and I'm willing to go see it. Yeah, I mean the trailers do look badass, but I don't think it was he listened to the fans. I think it was, you know, the production uh the producers and the uh, production house came to him and were like, hey, man, you realize you cannot make them aliens because then you can't call them by the name that everyone knows them by. <laughs> because that It would be Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja aliens. aliens. Yeah. And, you know, so... T-M-N-A. Right. And, like, that was the first, you know, I don't know. For me, that was, like, the first, like, red flag of, like, oh, God, Michael Bay. Oh, my God. Why? And then also, you know, given his history, it's like... Really? So this means that, like, there's going to be, like, one point in the movie where there's, like, this giant, you know... Spaceship coming down. That or, you know, just, I don't know, just, like, these giant over, over-elaborated over scenes that, you know, you could probably do without, especially with the Ninja Turtles, because, like, you know, being a ninja, you're more about subtlety, you're more about sneaking around. And Michael Bay likes to do big explosions and that, you know... Okay, we got a million dollars for this one like thirty second shot. You know, let's well, do it. I mean, and the trailer alone, you see the turtles flying down an icy mountain on their shells, and at one point they throw Raph into the side of a Humvee to wreck it. Okay, he's still getting those kind of subtle big explosion moments in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen. Have you seen any um, photos of uh, of Shredder? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, in the first trailer that I posted to our Facebook page, um, you get to see the Shredder outfit, and there is uh, William Fincher, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, is is going to play the Shredder instead of, you know, the normal Aroku Saki, hmm. who was the Japanese villain more from the cartoon and from the first live action films. Would you like to see a, uh, a Shredder like spinoff, like where they focus on Shredder's story? 
Eh, not really. I mean, like, if it was like Shredder, like going to like Dimension X and meeting Krang and like building the Technodrome, hell yeah, man, that'd be pretty. <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. But I mean, if it's just Shredder kind of learning martial arts, meh, no. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I I, th- I think you could do a good Shredder, you know, because, you know, in the first one, they allude that Shredder and Splinter, you know, Sh- Shredder was Splinter's, ma- I would guess you wouldn't say master because he was his pet rat. That no, just, no. That was according to the first movie. No, in the first movie, Shredder falls in love with the same person that, that is the master Splinter's, like, They pet. do the flashback. That's right. Where, where and Shredder Shred- goes and kills the guy that, that was keeping Splinter as his pet because he fled to America with his woman instead of marrying him. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched the first Turtles. I, 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 watched, was, it, I watched it last week. Okay, I was about to say, like, wow, that's oddly specific. Like, I haven't watched that movie in a while. And, like, you know, so... You know, Shredder just, killed Splinter's master in the in the first. That's film. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He like like broke the rat cage and Splinter jumped on his face yes. and bit him. Okay. Yes. Now it's all coming back to me. Yes. I still think a uh, Shredder uh, spinoff might be good. Speaking of spinoffs, there is some great news coming from the X Men uh, camp about. Uh, spinoffs that might be in the works. You know, for a while, all you really heard about was like, you know, rumors that like this X Men character is going to get a spinoff, this one's going to get a spinoff, but nothing ever came of it. And recently, in a interview with Entertainment Weekly, uh, X Men movie franchise producer uh, Lauren uh, Donner uh, was explaining why. You know, well, not really explaining is this is what she said about why there haven't been as many uh, X-Men spinoffs as the fans wanted. And uh, this is what she said to Entertainment Weekly, quote, "Uh, there was a regime at the studio that didn't that didn't see the worth in spinoffs. And the current people who run Fox understand, embrace it, and we're going to do right by it. Uh, So right there, she was saying that the Old, the old, quote, regime at Fox didn't want all the spinoffs. They just wanted the main movies. And they weren't paying attention to the fans. They weren't paying attention to what the producers were saying. And they were just like, okay, you know, we're going to do the X-Men movies. Wolverine's a big enough character where he's going to get his own spinoff. And, you know, that's kind of it. Now, there is, as... I guess we'll go with the same term. There is a new regime at Fox, and this the new people in charge like the idea of spinoff movies of X-Men characters. So much so that they... It looks like there is a possibility, even though I guess you could say he's really not part of X-Men, but he was part of the Weapon X program, is, you know, for the longest time there have been rumors... Uh, about Deadpool and, you know, that there's a Deadpool script floating out there. Well, now it looks like with the new people in charge of Fox that there actually might be a chance of a Deadpool spinoff, a Deadpool getting his own movie. I'm not, you know, right now I'm really into Deadpool because I just got into the uh, Jerry Duggan, Brian Posehn comics. So, like, right now that really excites me. Uh, I got to admit, I got excited for a Deadpool movie when I heard back, like, three or four years ago, that Ryan Reynolds was, was going to star in it and Robert Rodriguez was going to direct it. Right. Like, I was so on board for that. But now, 
this thing's just been like like development hell for years. Well, and, if it ever gets out, I'll be happy to see it. Well, and and that's and that has a lot to do with who was in charge at Fox and who was able to say to greenlight and what and you know because originally there was supposed to be a spinoff Magneto film as well. Right, right. There was supposed to be a a, a Magneto uh, picture that you know Fox also said no. It, so really, it came. It sounds like. Uh, from this that it came down to the people running Fox and that they were the ones that were making both the Deadpool and Magneto film be in developmental hell. And now those people are gone. And so now th- now these things are going to get, you know, green, li- well, maybe not green lighted, but they're going to get a better chance of getting green uh, lighted. The one that um, that uh, Lauren uh, Donner did say that she would like to see be made was a Gambit spinoff. I would be excited for this. I, w- I was I would be too. And then uh, I was talking with some people about like how like you know uh, Gambit was like one of he was he was one of my favorite X Men growing up. Dude was a badass. He was a womanizer. Ba- threw cards. He, he was great. Oh, I love the cards and the uh, the bow or the staff, whatever the official martial arts term for that weapon is. Um. But a lot of people, when I was like, yeah, I would like to see Gambit get his own movie, is they're like, no, he doesn't need it. He doesn't deserve it. And they would point to Wolverine Origins uh, and his and his character in that. But Wolverine 2 m- more than made up. Well, okay, yeah. So it, he wasn't great in that film. No, I, I know. And like, I'm just, I'm just like, just because, you know, he was a shitty, you know, he was written shitty in that movie. You know, first of all, is there are lots of things wrong with that movie, so you can't just say like. By the way, go see the sequel. It is awesome, far better. That's what I heard. That's what that's what I heard. Uh, as I as I heard the, uh, is is it just called Wolverine? Yeah, it's just called yeah. the Wolverine. Yeah, I heard that was that was actually amazing. <laughs> is uh, I own it on Blu-ray. Nice, nice. Uh, I'll bring it next week so I can watch it because <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's it's worth a look see. Um, but but so I think Gambit would be a great. Have, Who would you want to play Gambit? Do you have any like casting ideas? I don't know. I I cast his role a long time ago. Too bad this guy's too old to play him now. I Who? always like like back in like the nineties. Like I I wanted Kevin Bacon to play Gambit. I thought he would have made a badass Gambit. Him or, and he's already made an appearance in an X Men movie. Him, him or or a young Christian Slater. No, no. What? N- not, no, not Christian Kevin Bacon. A young a younger Kevin Bacon. Yes. A Christian Slater. He's he's got that voice, that the accent kind of down a little bit already. I don't know. What I don't. Well, I just I just couldn't see Christian Slater doing it. Uh, but then again, but like, I don't I I don't know who else I could see. I'm trying to think of someone who could do, you know, could could carry Gambit's persona and accent and all that type of stuff. You know, it's kind of hard to imagine. I know. You know, and and it was the same thing that I was thinking of when I when Ryan Reynolds was talking about doing Deadpool. Is like, you know, dude, you're not kind of crazy enough. We need someone more butch than what? What are you shaking your head? I for? disagree more. Like, well, like, like, like my favorite parts of like the first Wolverine well, film are like when he's in the elevator and he's smarting off and making all those sarcastic comments. Right. He is Deadpool, and that he embodies that. Sarcastic asshole side of Deadpool that everybody loves. I don't know, man. Is because like I think you would need someone basically more of a smartass. Like, like you know, you look at like a. I'm not saying this is who I'd cast, but I'm saying like personality wise, maybe you look at like a young Jim Carrey and how like a, how much of a smartass he could play. 
someone with that could be that big of a smart ass and but like is more butch and can also pull off the action, you know, side of it. You know, Ryan Reynolds I say I don't know. Let him I, keep I, the role. I, I say you get someone like more crazy. I mean, like, oh, you almost need someone batshit crazy like Gary Busey to play Deadpool. I'm not saying get Gary Busey, but I'm saying he needs. I mean, Deadpool's batshit crazy. There's no way of getting around it. Yeah, but he's not like zany off the wall batshit. That is crazy. true. I'll it's, give you it's, that. It's, it's more internal crazy. I'll, I'll give you that. Going back to Gambit, one modern actor I could see possibly playing him would be Garrett Headland. You would know him from Tron Legacy. Okay. He played Sam Flynn. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh. Yes. I think. Yeah. I think. I think. You know. He's got the bravado and the badass. Yeah. To try to you know carry carry that role. I think. I think you're right. I think. I think he could do that. I think he. Uh, he would be uh, good at that. All right. Um. But now you know we were talking a lot about Wolverine, and how he has his spinoff movies. Uh, but you know, Hugh Jackman, you know, Wolverine, his powers is he heals and I guess as part of being he, he ages he, a lot slower than the rest exactly. of the world. Exactly. Well, Hugh Jackman's not aging as slow as Wolverine does. Hugh Jackman's been playing the character of Wolverine since two thousand. Wow, fourteen years. Yeah. Fourteen years six movies. Yeah, I mean, well, you had X Men one, two, two and three, and then and then if you count the brief cameo he did in First Class, no, I mean, like we're like he was like a main staple in the cast. He had the first three X Men, then five, because it was X Men three and then Wolverine one and two. I thought for some three X Men movies plus two Wolverine for, movies would be five films. I know, total. I know, but I I don't know, I don't know why I for some reason I was brain farting and thinking that there were. Three Wolverine movies on his own. Like, no. Huh. But speaking of that, in a recent interview, um, I've, I've been reading across you know message boards and geek sites that Hugh Jackman named the actor who he would possibly like to see replace him. This one comes way out of left field for me. I didn't see this one coming. Mm-hmm. He said possibly he'd like to see Channing Tatum. Magic Mike, you know, G.I. Joe. I know who Shannon Tatum Channing is. Shannon Tatum to replace him as Wolverine. 22 Jump Street. Yeah, 21. 20, yeah, 21, 22 Jump Street coming out. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Could you see him being that angry and... No, she, I, the only reason why I I have a hard time seeing that is because like physically, like with the body build and all that type of stuff, okay, yes, I do. I, I mean, I, I see that. But I just... I really don't think I've seen Shannon Tatum in a lot of an, a dark enough roles. I don't see him being that dark. I mean, I would. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of, or I shouldn't say a lot. I haven't seen. Yeah, I guess you could say a lot of his work because I think some of it's not uh, geared towards me. But like, um, you know, I th- like I think like some of his dark, like his darkest role was like in Red Dawn, at least from what I've seen his body of work. Channing Tatum wasn't in Red Dawn. It was Chris Hemsworth. God, was it really? Two motherfuckers look too much alike. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I went into that feeling so confident, too. Wah, wah, wah. But that other dude that wasn't Red Dawn? Chris Hemsworth, he already plays Thor. Could not. 
play Wolverine because he plays Thor. Uh, they do I'll, good makeup because, like, I don't, I, I, well, I, I mean, don't recognize them. It's not the first time though, because uh, Chris Evans played the Human Torch in the first two Fantastic Four films, and then he moved over and played Captain America. But I mean, Thor is still such a mainstay in oh the Marvel God. universe; they wouldn't. I, f- I for- recast that role immediately. I forgot they made two Fantastic Four movies. I just remember the first one and being like, uh, I'll uh, tell you who I think should replace Hugh Jackman. Huh. Sam Worthington from Avatar, mm. Clash of the Titans, yeah. Terminator Salvation. Okay, yeah. He's I, got like that kind of like brooding look and that anger in him that I feel right. really that he could he could he could wear the claws well. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I th- I think I think that would be good too. Um. Yeah, I can't think of of anyone because mainly because I I I'd... maybe Gerard Butler, but he's kind of the same age as Hugh yeah, Jackman. Yeah, you couldn't do that. Is I mean, because if you're gonna do Gerard Butler, then you might as well just stick with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and and then just like you know, start doing what Three Hundred did and be like, all right, we're just gonna you know f- superimpose this CGI body over you and you know all this other shit. No, that that was his actual body in the film. I know Sam, but it makes me feel bad that he could look that fucking ripped, and I. That is. It just makes me feel bad. That is. That is one problem with Hollywood, man. I mean, like I know that, like in superhero films, like the superheroes are all like jacked up and ripped. But I'm tired of seeing the hero with the six pack abs. Just show a guy with an average looking body saving the day for once. Thank you, thank you. That's all I want. You know, for 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 a while there, Hollywood was steering away from the whole you know chiseled ab look, and you know guys like Seth Rogen but, and Jonah Hill were like dominating the box well, office, and it was more acceptable. Well, but but to those, look like a more normal but, looking guy. But now, man, we're getting back to like. Well, but also is you know the superheroes they aren't normal looking guys. No, they are. But I, I, I mean I'm because not, I'm not talking about superheroes per se. I'm talking about like every like leading uh, okay. male guy in Hollywood has to have like that flat six pack chiseled ab. Fuck James look. Franco. I like James Franco. I do too. He's so likable. No one hates James Franco. The dude is awesome. I know. That's what. Mm, damn you, Franco. But I'm gonna say, it's Hollywood. At least show just a normal looking guy for once, getting getting the hot chick and being cool. Well, I mean, but I think I think if you look at, I think if you look at you know recent you know maybe not movies, but if you look at television, the fat guy always gets the hot chick. I mean, you. Yeah, but that's so un, un unrealistic. I I can, I can talk like King of Queens like like that. Well, right, but Kevin 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 whatever is Kevin. Gonna, uh, James, James, yeah, yeah. is, is going to be with that hot of a woman. Well, but I mean, but you also see, you know, Homer Simpson, Marge Simpson, you know, Peter Griffin, Lois Griffin. You're um, going cartoons there? Well, no, I'm just going that like, that's like, you know, because even though they're cartoons, they're still putting a staple in your mind that, you know, the fat guy that, can get that the like, skinny woman. Yeah, that the fat guy can still get the woman. And so it's okay for the fat, it's okay for well, a guy to be big, but still not okay for a woman. And that's Homer's, what's so great about Mike and Molly. You know, is they're both plus size, both plus size, and I would say probably the most realistic looking couple on television to date. I would say like the one show that gives me hope is like Big Bang Theory, with Penny and Leonard. Yeah, but they have like smart smarts backing them up. We don't have that, Sam. I've got a whole lot of geek cred backing me up. Yeah, they have geek cred plus like you know. Degrees that like are in work with degrees in studies that I can't even pronounce because they're so scientific. Well, let me ask you this: getting getting back on topic here, uh, is there any like X Men that you would love to see spin off and like have their own film? Um, Beast. Beast. He's my 
Besides Gambit, Beast was my favorite. The blue? No. Yeah, yeah, Beast. Yeah, blue guy. Yeah, blue guy. Uh, yeah. I'd have to go with Archangel, Storm, or Iceman. Iceman? No. I just, I just kind of like love like, like, like the ice effects that they've had for him in the last couple yeah, of films. Yeah, but and... no, not Iceman. Storm, I could see that. What, what were the other ones you said? Archangel. Archangel started out being like the son of this billionaire, and uh, he had just regular, almost like bird wings, and then right, right. Apocalypse captures him and like gives him blade wings instead that Ooh. shoot blades out, and they're metal, and he can glide on air now. And uh, anti rust because you know rainy day that could really screw up his powers. Trust me, if a, if a, if Apocalypse made him, he's, he's <laughs> anti rust. Apocalypse made him to be one of his four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, speaking of uh, geek cred, you know who's getting a lot of it, at least in my book? Who? HBO. Is before we recorded tonight, we sat down and watched the new HBO comedy series, uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. If you're not watching this, it's done by Mike Judge, who did King of the Hill, Office Space, Beavis and Butthead. It's uh, hilarious. It's It kind of rings very true to me at times with like certain characters. Cause I've either hung out with guys like 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 this in college, like this from around me, like a lot of my friends in college, mm-hmm. or I was kind of like that shy, quiet guy myself. When people were like, "Hey, here's this great thing. Make up your mind right away and tell me if you're going to jump on board or not." And I was kind of like, "Uh, can I have a moment to think about that?" Right, please? and you know, um, so not only like are like the characters' personalities really relatable, but also if you're, I mean, like if you're a real big techie, like you know, like. Well, why don't you explain what Silicon Valley is is about? Starting. Out? Uh, it's about a group of friends who live in Silicon Valley, California. You know, where they work for a Google esque company, right? So in the series, Google and all the major, you know, internet companies that we know today still exist, but then they have a couple made up ones, like this one Hooli, which you really, you know, we're only two episodes into the series. And you really kind of don't know what they do. Is like you know they make software and you know programming and that type of stuff, but you st- you still kind of don't know exactly what made them big. And so, um, and so in uh, Silicon Valley, it's really common for groups of young adults to programmers, right, right, programmers to you know have these jobs at these massive internet corporations, and then you know they all you know, live in a house together. Like a really good example of this is if you saw the social network, uh, you know, you see in the beginning of the movie, they're all in this house and they're all, you know, day and night working on writing, you know, programs and all this other shit. And that is what they're doing in uh, Silicon Valley, except for one of the guys develops an algorithm that allows you to uh, compress files without losing any quality. So, you know, you can compress like, large, you know, movie files into a smaller file size and you don't get, you know, like you don't get that compression rate where there, you know there you, would be less lose. there would be less buffering time like it would almost right. be instantaneous download and there wouldn't be any grainy after effects exactly. from, the, from the download. So so essentially so this guy creates it uh creates this website where he Pied, you know, Piper yeah where he's written this algorithm that you know does all this compression and now all these, you know, now Hooli, the big evil internet corporation, uh, is, you know, offered him a bunch of money. Spoilers, offered him a bunch of money and he turned it down. And so now he and his friends are trying to are trying to team up with another uh, 
software billionaire who isn't you know who's like you know hey look I'll only take a small percentage and you guys do all the rest and I'll introduce you to the right people to sell it and so it's it's that story of all these friends coming together and you know starting to work on this software and start to work on this project and they're also uh you know like Sam said like you know they're kind of you know they're geeks they're nerds they you know they don't know how to talk to girls they don't know you know Sometimes they don't know proper social etiquette in certain situations. I mean, in the first or second episode, uh, the guy that they're renting the house from hires him a stripper as kind of like a, hey, congratulations on launching your company. Right. And all of like the five programmers, like as soon as she shows up ready to dance, they all awkwardly leave the room exactly. and find some excuse to get out of there because they are so afraid and scared. They don't know how to act around this. Yeah, uh, so between Silicon Valley and another show that I watched that we're not really going to talk about, uh, but I think is great, is Vice, which uh, is like an alternative. It started out as an alternative uh, news magazine, then inter- uh, then website, and you know now it's just kind of blown up into the alt news organization, and they have a show on there that is amazing. It's just called Vice. And the third reason, and probably the biggest reason why... Uh, HBO is getting a ton of nerd and geek credit in my book is because of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones! All right. So Sam and I were talking, you know, if if you listen to last week's episode, you know we covered the season premiere. We're not going to go into as depth... uh, each, but spoilers we, ahead. Yeah, we are going to have spoilers. Uh, but, you know, if you were listening to last week's episode, you know that for me, Game of Thrones conf- is a confusing show because of all the uh, different storylines. Like, you know, this past week, there was only one Stark in the whole show. And two Starks. See, I can't even follow that. There are two. Sansa. That's right. Sansa. Right. Oh my gosh. All right. So so I think I think this is what we're gonna do. Um, you know, like I said, we're not gonna go into depth as the we king did. is dead. Long live the king. I was gonna say we were gonna do a quick show recap, but fuck it. Yeah, let's jump to the end of the episode. Okay, Sam. Yes, the king is dead. King J- Joffrey. Joffrey is dead. First off. Oh, and by Basically, the way, other shit happened where, like, Cersei, they're still traveling north. Uh, not Cersei. 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 Is Joffrey's mother who accuses Tywin at the end of poisoning her Right, son. no, I'm trying to fill in before that, Sam, because you jumped all the way to the ending. There was, it's an hour-long show, all right? <laughs> when you just jumped to the last, like, ten minutes of the show. Jump to the good parts. Okay, well, no, let's back it up and kind of fill in, you know, because, like, I had a question. I had a question. You know, what's your, what's your question? Is so I guess in this universe, if you're a bastard of a king, your last name is Snow. No, that's that's if you're born in the north. The south has a name. The east has a name. The west has a name. See, Every bastard. So if you're a bastard born in the north, you're you're a, you're you're a Snow. Don't ask me what the bastards in, in the south are called. I I knew the it one sun, time, but I the forgot sand, the desert. Okay. Because in in episode two, they bring back the uh, character, uh, or um, what's his name? The dude that's doing all the torturing. Sam, you're supposed to 
Come on. I'm Go. blanking on his name. Come on, Sam. This whole the whole this whole bit is you explaining Game of Thrones to me. Some, Their family flag looks a lot like the British Union Jack it's, to me. It's it's like the it's like Russo snow or something like that. Yeah, Russo. Russo. The guy the guy who who chopped the Ironborn son's balls off last. Right, right. The the dude that's been torturing the Ironborn son or whatever that guy uh, been torturing him. Their uh, his dad just came back, and so now they have a family reunion type deal. Uh, the younger Stark boy that's traveling around with Hordor, and uh, yeah, and and they kind of had they hinted at an interesting thing that you know. See, good thing we went back and didn't jump straight to the fucking end of Braun, the show. Braun is paralyzed right now, but he can. He can spirit walk almost to where like he can take over other animals' bodies, right, and run around in them. And and since he's paralyzed, he's been running around in his dire wolf's body, and he's starting to find that it's more fun to be in a to be the wolf. I mean, almost to the point that like when the wolf kills something and he was eating, right, like and he was seeing it through like the wolf's eyes, and he gets woken up from the dream. He goes, "I was eating," and the guy goes, "You can't eat what you're." Yeah, you yeah. you can't eat like the you can't get full on the on what your animal right, eating. So You're just kind of like a passenger in that body. Basically, this guy, char- this is insert character name, Sam Braun. Braun is he's basically going through. I would say a little bit of a depression. Is you know he's discovering this new power where he can enter in animals and see what they see, control them, and you know he's he's adjusting to this, but he's also you know really depressed because. He's separated from his brother that he was traveling with, right? Because uh, Bron, yes. Hordor, and the... Hodor. Hodor, whatever. And the uh, who are the two companions with them? Oh, I can't remember their names. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm doing really bad about this. It's a, it's, it's a brother-sister combo, and the brother... Right. But, they're teaching, spirit they're, walk. but they're teaching him how to spirit walk and how to properly use his, pow- his newfound powers. Uh, and you know they were going on about how like you know you got to be careful about how much time you spend inside you know these animals because you can lose yourself you, yeah and then you can never get out and well and eventually you would die from starvation but also what's scary is that the guy who's been torturing you know the son of the Ironborn uh, his father was like listen you screwed up you shouldn't have chopped his balls off and tortured right. him you're no son of mine now because i wanted to use him as a bargaining chip exactly and then he's like well be- but because we helped the lannisters you know kill the starks the north is ours but there's still like an army encamped like along this wall in the north mm-hmm. and so he was like son go take over winterfell and kill all the starks for me then you can be my son again so now all the starks have a price on their head with one vicious little bastard and when i'm not i'm not yeah. kidding when i say bastard is actually yes. coming after them Yes, doesn't it feel kind of good to say bastard and like, hey, it's not derogatory. It's like a literal sense. If you ever wonder, I did, I did just find all the bastard names. Oh, did you really? Okay, so so if you're a bastard in the north, you're snow. No, um, if you're from the Crowlands, you're the water. If you're from the Iron Islands, you're a pike. Uh, if you're from the Riverland, guess what? You're called the rivers. Okay. If you're from the Vale, you're called stone, Westlands, hills, the reach, flower, stormland, storm, and dorn, sand. I kind of went those really fast. Yeah, I last one. Okay, doesn't matter. But that those those are all the bastard names. God, I just, see the show is just so in depth. This is why Sam, I need you to explain it to me each week. They always need like an appendices to the show to like explain everything. Yeah, I guess appendices. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, Sam. Now that we kind of got the other backstory. Or the uh, the subplots, I guess you could say, 
Yeah, subplots out of the way. I've learned one valuable lesson. If I ever, like, if I woke up tomorrow and I was in the Game of Thrones kingdom, I would never attend a wedding. Yeah, never attending a wedding. And anyone and everyone who looks like they might be capable of double crossing me, killing you right then and there. Yeah, no, I was, I was actually, I was actually like thinking about this last night. And if somebody was like, "Listen, you're going to go live in the Game of Thrones, whether you want to live in there or not. Pick a pick a place that you want to do." I would just be like bartender number four in the background, the guy that never gets seen, never gets a line, but never dies either. I think I would, I think I would team up with um, what's her face that's freeing all the slaves, Dragon Queen. Oh no, <laughs> I would team up with, because like out of all of them, like she at least. Right now, from what I can tell, from only watching the shows or watching the uh, seasons and not reading the books, is from what I can tell right now, she seems to be the one with the best morals. Nope, she's freeing everyone. I'm just gonna keep my head down and serve alcohol to people, and I'll be I'll be happy doing that. That or I step in and I fucking scam on King Joffrey's widow. She is hot. She is. She's looking pretty good, man. She is hot. Okay, but now we can finally jump to the end, Sam, and talk about the big ending. Is so uh, in this episode. What is her name? Who was marrying King uh, Joffrey? I'm looking. Uh, At least you were ahead of the ball on that one, and you started looking that up before. So hopefully that cuts down on the research time. But apparently, I still need to vamp a little bit. Okay. So, uh, this one, King uh, Joffrey's marrying this lady who we're going to tell you her name here in a little bit. <laughs> um, and, God damn it, Sam, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> and at the wedding, there, uh, there's much insult. Joffrey is being a spoiled little brat as usual. Yeah, he. I mean, I mean, I mean he dies the way he lives, being an asshole. Right is I gotta say is I was really happy with, um, with you, you know is is how he was treating his uncle, you know it, it well first of all is he constant Marjorie Tyrell thank God <laughs> he's marrying Marjorie Tyrell, Fuck. or Marjorie but I think it's Marjorie okay so this is the wedding of Marjorie Tyrell Tyrell T- Tyrell and King Joffrey, um, Sam you're gonna do a better job at explaining it. You explain exactly what's going on during this wedding, leading up to his murder. Uh, well, basically, I mean, first of all, Joffrey's kind of being calm, you know, and, and just, you know, what you're actually kind of like, whoa, I'm, I'm surprised he's actually, you know, being being cordial toward people. And, like, the new queen, she's trying to, like, endear herself to the people, but Cersei hates her. But she decrees that all the food left over from this feast will go to the poor to help feed the poor. Great way to win points with the people, which is what you need well, after your your kingdom nearly got sacked last year. Well, and I mean that was kind of the move behind you know getting the two of them to marry was because you know the Lannisters were worried that you know with the way Joffrey's going that the, there's going to be an up you know there's going to be rebellion. Well, also, the Lannisters were going broke because of the war, and Tyrells True. are a rich, right, aristocratic family who could help them out. Right, but also is. You know, Joffrey, uh, Joffrey wasn't treating his his people right, and she, you know, had a reputation, and she kind of had a calming effect on Joffrey right. at times, right? Or at least he would listen to whatever she had to say, and he, he kind of blindly followed her. 
a couple times, yeah. Yeah, he did. But uh, so Cersei just to screw him over says, "Hey, get uh, like pulls aside like Maester Pycelle, and he's like, "Hey, well, that, I will I will lock you in the dungeon unless you feed the scraps to the dogs." Right. Well, that's because at that point in time, Cersei is seeing her power being taken away because up until Joffrey's uh, marriage, wedding, wedding, she is she, she's she, queen. She's yes, yeah, she's essentially queen. Is she's the only woman in Joffrey's life, and she is you know. She is the iron hand, and Joffrey is the velvet glove. Well, not really velvet glove, but the metaphor still works. She is manipulating him. It's a pretty good metaphor, Jeff. I know, right? That inbred little son of a bitch. I, I, I hated him to the moment he died. For a second there, I thought you were insulting me for the good metaphor, and I was about to be like, dude, that's kind of messed up, man. <laughs> but no, but so what happens at this wedding is that uh, Joffrey gets credited with the victory... That was a that actually Tywin Tywin actually led mm-hmm. the attack on, and Joffrey kind of jabs and calls out Tywin, and Tywin's like, "Fuck you, you're not screwing me over on this," and and he calls Joffrey out, mm-hmm. and Joffrey can't come up with a good comeback, so his his only comeback is to pour his wine over his dear uncle's head and make him his cupbearer. Right. Well, toward the end of the episode. Joffrey gets this wine and he drinks yeah. it and he starts choking. And first of all, you think maybe he's just got like a chicken bone wedged right, in his throat. Right. But right before the full effect kicks in, you see the fat drunken knight that that oh my gosh, yeah, Shanza jo- saved in season one. Go listen, you have to come with me now. And he yanks her off to the side. Right. That was also the fool that Joffrey had just been insulting and making fun of, you know, a couple minutes earlier. Is remember when he was like you know twenty gold whatever to can knock the hat off my fool? Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. was the fool, yeah. and then when Jeffrey's you know got poison and the effects are taking, you know, you know are starting to kick in, he pulls and says, you know, you need to come with me right now. And then that, oh man, Cersei makes me so mad because I mean Tywin's just standing there with a cup of empty cup of wine in his hand, and she's like, you did it, arrest him. Right. Well, that you know. How do you? She, how, do you she, she's, how did he poison the wine? He's the cupbearer. Well, no, but so here's the thing: is she's doing that out of anger, and uh, you know she doesn't really, you know, she's just trying to find someone to blame in in her rage at you that moment. You know, I read online last night hmm. is that some people felt sorry for Joffrey at the end because at the end, what? at the end, in some people's eyes, like there was this debate going on online. In some people's eyes, he died a scared, lonely little boy. No, he did. In my mind, he didn't die painful enough. I was about to say, is like my feeling after the episode was done, I was like, glad he's dead. Wish he would have suffered a little bit more. Yeah, like I wish that kid that had tortured the Ironborn kid <laughs> would have right. gotten a hold of Joffrey and just flayed his skin right. and whacked off his manhood and all right. that. Uh, right. But, but you know, but going, going back to, um, uh, seriously, is blaming uh, blaming Tywin. Tywin, uh, y- you know that's gonna pass because she's just angry. It has to because look, because dude. In previews for this season, you see Tywin clapped in chains, standing before us. Right, which could be the next episode. But you know, you know that their dad's gonna step in and be like, "Look, the dad y- hates him. He may hate him, but there is no way. I mean." You you can't convict I mean, him. I you can't convict him because you have all these witnesses and it's like, did you see him put poison in the wine? No, because all he did was serve it. There is no way you can link him to poisoning the wine just because he's the cupbearer. 
because he was serving the he was serving the wine in front of a mass amount of people. So there's no way he could have snuck in poison. So that means the poison had to have been put in the wine before it was brought out to the table, which he was sitting at the table the whole time during the ceremony. What the hell show have you been watching? Ned Stark finds out the truth in the first season, attempts to do the right thing, and gets his head lopped off. What connection? I'm, t- I'm talking when people try to do the right things, or like when like there, there this is... isn't about doing the right thing. This no, is about... I'm just I'm just saying the like like the good guys don't win in this show. Just because you're innocent doesn't mean you're not gonna die. Okay, this is true. In but... fact, in fact, too many good men have died on this show. You make it sound like it's like they're really dead. <laughs> I I don't know. Is I it also is you have to take into account no matter what happens in the book, when a character like his becomes so popular, this is, of course is Peter Dinklage's character. Peter Dinklage's character. If Tywin dies, we riot, kinda like the same thing if Daryl dies, we riot. Exactly. Is 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 this this is a problem when you have a show like this, is you know, especially Something like you know, like like um, Walking Dead. The producers of the show fully admit that, like, yeah, we change up storylines, we do this and that, so that way, if you read the comic, you'll still enjoy the show, and you won't be able to sit there and be like, okay, this is what's happening, this is what's happening. From my understanding, though, um, Game of Thrones, the show is following the books cl- more closely than what Walking Dead is doing to its um, so, to I mean- its source material. But so now we have this problem of like even if in the source material Peter Dinklage's character gets killed off, he's gonna die. Trust me. But it's you, almost expected. But at the same time, though, is you know, is the producers are like, shit, dude, this guy's bringing in a lot of money for HBO because now he's on all these T-shirts. He's you know a, a internet sensation basically. HBO and the producers, they want to capitalize on that money. And so it doesn't make sense for them to kill off a character that is helping bring in a ton of money for the show. So this might be an interesting thing that we see. Maybe this is where Game of Thrones starts to stray from the source material a little bit. All I know is that George R.R. Martin has sat down with all the producers of Game of Thrones and mapped out the entire story just in case he dies before this comes to an end. I was about to say he hasn't even finished the story. No, the books are still coming out while yeah, the show's he being hasn't made. finished the story, which like. But like I said, he is, are you he kidding is, me? He has sat down and said, "Look, this is where the story is going. This is how it's going to end." Yeah, but at the same time, though, is like, what? But what if the show ends before before he gets done writing all exactly, the books? Exactly, exactly. You know, like what if ne- what if something happens? In episode six or seven, and everyone's like, "What? I'm done. I'm done." And you know, and then they, you know, viewership drops off, and then yeah, because of low ratings, they have to pull the show. Uh, you know, yeah, then you're gonna have to rush and find an ending. But my point is, is when it comes down to a company like HBO, between staying true to source material. Or capitalizing and making a shit ton of money is it's kind of in, it's going to be interesting to see you know like okay if he I mean like I said I haven't read the book so I don't know if he's going to die or not but if he dies in the books and you know now he's this big big character on the TV show 
do you stay true to the source material and kill them off? Or do you change that up so that way you can continue to capitalize and profit from him? I would say you kill him off just because, like, you know, it's just kind of like a that's, safe, but it, that's It's kind of like an established thing now. But, but, Nobody's but, safe on but, this but, show. But that's the thing, Sam, is you're thinking from a, um, a, fan's, a point fan's point of view. I'm looking at this from, you know, HBO, the producer's point of view, the, like, how can I squeeze the most money out of this point of view? Which is which is what they do when you have a successful show like this. So it's going to be interesting to see that. You know, who do you think poisoned the wine? I think that guy, the gesture, uh, the, the, fool? the fool. The uh, I think he may not have done it, but he may have been part of some people. My that, money's on that guy from Dorne, like the younger brother. The guy who stabbed the Lannister through the wrist in the first episode of this season. Oh, oh. The guy who doesn't like the Lannisters at all. And, uh, I don't know. I I think I think they're kind of. I I think I don't know because I haven't seen the I haven't read the book so. Um, I don't know. As I think uh, I think it was planned by a group of people, not just one single individual. I think this is going to bring out a major. Well, also, who who's now going to rule the throne? Is, is it going to be Marjorie Tyrell or Cersei? Well, she's to... the queen. They were married. She's the queen. I know, but Cersei. So, Cersei's already you usurping her decisions right there. Well, she's all. I mean, right there is you keep forgetting, Sam. This is all happening in a couple moments, and you know they haven't been able to sit down and be like, you know, let's think about this rationally now that our king is dead. Is this is all you know happening in the moment? I think I I would like to think that they would let Marjorie stay as queen and let her you know uh, well I mean it's really it's hers to rule. That's really it because but under her rule the kingdom's gonna flourish and be good, right? Which. I don't know, Sam. I haven't read the books. Maybe they go for speculation. Sansa gets back up to the north, starts ruling Winterfell again, gets it back in order. Uh, Tywin comes and joins her. There you reunites go. Reunites the armies of the north and declares war on the south. There you go. Bam. Right or at least there. war on the Lannisters. I would right love there to see is, that. Is because, you know, Marjorie, she's going to still want land and all that, you know, that other people are not going to want to give up. So there's still going to be conflict. Pe- but who are you going to hate now? Because, I mean, I hate to say it. That young Cersei, kid, that's who you hate now. That young kid, Joffrey, sold his role so well that like I was, I felt literal anger. Well, I know, not literal anger, and, but I felt anger welling up inside of and, him every time he was on screen. And then I saw like pictures of uh, the actor, like you know, just being himself. And you're like, damn, you know, it looks like he's a cool dude. And like, you know, I you saw know where he got his start. Yeah, Batman Begins. Yeah, he was he was that kid yeah. out on. The yeah, I, I've seen that meme. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, maybe, but yeah, so yeah, I no, guess but, 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 I so, guess Cersei's gonna be the new one to hate. Yeah, because she's still trying to bang her brother. Well, no, her brother is trying to like prevent her marriage to you know exactly. Marjorie Tyrell's brother. Exactly. <laughs> he basically There's walks some... up and threatens him and says, "Don't marry my sister, or else I'm gonna kill you." I know. Trust me, the, you're still gonna hate the Lannisters. You're just gonna hate a different Lannister now. That's all. They're gonna have to really beef up Cersei's role and make her really a bitch for me to hate. Her. Well, I don't. At least in my book, they aren't gonna have to do much because I have not been a fan of hers. All right, Sam, we're starting to run low on time. Um, 
Anything else with Game of Thrones? No, that's it. We'll be you know more on more next week. Okay, it's time to let you know what's coming out on DVD, in theaters, and in comics. Um, you know, last week there wasn't a whole lot going on with uh, DVD new releases. I gotta say, is it looks like this trend is uh, continuing into uh, this week with uh, DVD releases. It's just, just not a whole lot. Um, the I found... I found a couple movies that kind of piqued my interest that were like, huh, okay. Um, the first one that uh, that piqued my interest that is coming out uh, today, uh, what what the hell is today? Uh, April 15th, tax day. Get your taxes in. Payday. It's a big day. I've done my taxes. I, I just sent mine out today. Or no, I take that back. I finished mine today. They will be in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, H and R block it. They'll do it for you. Yeah, but then you gotta pay them. It was well worth the forty bucks it cost me to get my. Is taxes that all done. it was? It yeah. Was it only forty bucks? Well, granted, I didn't get a huge return, you know. So I mean, like, it's they kind of go based on like what your return is because I've paid more in the past. Huh. Okay, back to new releases uh, coming out today, uh, April fifteenth on DVD. I'm not gonna lie. Not a great DVD day. These are the ones that piqued my interest. Uh, there is a movie called Copperhead that's coming out. Uh, Copperhead is an unlike uh, is Copperhead is unlike any uh, Civil War movie to date. A story of the violent passion and burning feuds that set ablaze the home uh, front during the Civil War. Copperhead is also a timeless and deeply moving examination of the price of uh, something. I don't know. I couldn't really get into. You sound this. so bored reading I that. I do because, like, so uninspired. It's it's. Put some energy behind it, man. Copperhead: This tale of the burning of the South during the Civil I, War. It's yeah. It's it's a World War Two. Um, you just said it was Civil War. Is it Civil World War Two or Civil War? It's Civil War. It's it's, it's a war. <laughs> no, <My> gosh. <laughs> no, is. Uh, I don't know. It just God, this is just such a shitty week. Okay, so if you want like a Civil War like love story uh movie, get Copperhead. All right, there's that one. Um then there's this next one. This one I actually thought was a cheap riff off of American, American Pie. Pie until I like, like finished reading the summary. Is uh uh this movie uh Date and Switch uh come comes out today. This is a movie about two high school seniors who have been best friends since the third grade, and they are still virgins, and they, you know, like in American Pie, they vow to lose their virginity, well, except for in this case, uh, before prom. But then things take a little twist, and one of the friends realizes that he is gay. So this is going to be a teenage coming-of-age movie. Where can the friend accept that he has a gay best friend? I don't know. It doesn't say that. It just says that he uh, it goes an unexpected turn when uh, one of the friends announces that he is gay. It doesn't say if he's in love with his other friend. I don't know. Well, not in love with the, but I mean, like you know, if you in like movies like these, it's usually like the straight friend that has to come to terms 
with the fact that his best friend's gay, you know, and people often struggle with that decision in certain films like these. I don't know. I had a friend come out to me in college, and I was like, okay, whatever. Well, yeah, but I mean, you have to create drama in these films. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, the only reason why I'm mentioning this movie is because I recognized some of the cast. Uh, the Nut Job. This is a uh, 3D animated movie about a squirrel that is voiced by Will Arnett and goes on adventures with his rat friend, Buddy. I actually saw the trailer for this. Oh, did you really? Yeah. It's, it's got uh, Will Arnett, Liam Neeson, uh, Brendan Fraser, Catherine Heigl, and Stephen Lang. Those are the top casting. You know, this is... They're like, trying to steal enough nuts to store up for like their winter food I've, harvest, and it's comedy hijinks with 3D animals. I figured this. Uh, the last uh, DVD that we're, uh, I'm going to talk about... It's coming out today is one called uh, Better Living Through Chemistry. This is about a small-town pharmacist, uh, uneventful life, turns into a walk on the wild side when he embarks on a drug and alcohol-fueled affair with a seductive customer uh, in this dark comedy starring Sam Rockwell. Uh, And Olivia Wilde. And Olivia Wilde. And one of my new, like... I say new, but like he's been around for a while, but he's I think he's really starting to blow up. Mr. Uh, ben Schwartz. Of course, you know Ben Schwartz as Jean Raphael from Parks and Recreation, and he is also on House of Lies. And uh, Hey, Ray, Li- Ray Liotta's in this film, too. Oh, yeah. He didn't get... He's Yeah, he's on the movie poster, but uh, funny enough, he didn't get top billing in where it lists the cast. Interesting. Nope. <laughs> so that must mean a bit character. Um, Come on, Ray Liotta. Bring back the gangster in you. No shit. Uh, but uh, like I said, is the one thing that caught my eye uh, was Sam Rockwell and Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, very funny. And, uh, you know, kind of makes me happy that he's doing this comedy drama, this dark comedy. Um, because, you know, when you think of him, you think of, you know, kind of more slapstick improv type comedy and this you know showing off a little bit of range and going the darker route okay i'm glad we got through that like uh dvds we come on hollywood put out some good shit so that way these new release dvd segments don't suck so much all right sam what's coming out in comic books uh on the marvel side i have hulk number one that is you um, you Okay, I was gonna do like a really stupid joke about go for well, it. Well, no, I was like, yo, Hulk came out in like whenever, a while ago. How can it be number one? Oh, oh my gosh! I know. I started to think. I in like as soon as I started going to do the stupid joke, I just like realized I was like, fuck, this is gonna be stupid. I'm bringing a cattle prod next week. Do it. <laughs> do it. All right. Um, following the shocking events of last month's indestructible Hulk finale. Bruce Banner lies at death's door. If he survives, it won't be the same Bruce Banner. And also, how will this affect the Hulk? I mean, like, is this going to be a more edgier, angrier Bruce Banner who, like, embraces his dark side? Or are we going to start seeing a more angrier, if you can imagine, a more eviler Hulk? Or is he going to be a little more calm and come out, you know, from this death's door experience as a much more calmer, I, I peaceful s- man? I want to see an angrier Hulk. I, oh, God. Like having like that's what I love so much about about the Avengers Hulk when he's like that's the deal I'm always angry. Yes, that is the Hulk is like that's you know the Hulk is a metaphor 
for anger management for anger. But can you imagine issues. the Hulk without like the Bruce Banner conscience in there being like, hey, let's hold back on our punches or hey, let's not hit this guy quite as hard. And Bruce Banner's like, hit him harder. Screw this up more. Burn it all down. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Banner embracing it's gonna, it's, the Hulk rage right. and going with and, it. And this could be a very dark and interesting storyline here. Yeah, it really could. It really could. It sounds like it's got a lot of great potential. Um, the other one that caught my eye was Amazing X-Men number six. Nightcrawler's back from the dead, and he's at the Jean Grey School for the Gifted. But uh, when Mystique turns up, he may not be alive for much longer. This is a family drama because Mystique is Nightcrawler's mom, and man, do they have some issues because Nightcrawler, Mystique abandoned Nightcrawler a long time ago. And apparently Mystique's got some bad blood with her son, and she wants to send him back to the grave. Nice. I was I was just reading uh, a Deadpool where they were they were fighting or not fighting teaming up with a um, they were trying to clone um, Nightcrawler and uh, didn't quite work out so well. It was, it was a good it was a good book. Nightcrawler's father, hard name to pronounce, Azazel. That's why I just call him Nightcrawler. Well, his father was Azazel, but yes. Um, so that's it for like the Marvel side. Um, moving on to DC. We have Batman and Wonder Woman number 30. Now, I talked about this sort of like team-up thing last uh, a few weeks ago with Batman Aquaman. And this is a, a continuation of that storyline where Batman is looking for his son's remains. So basically, uh, Batman on a quest for Damien's remains continues and it leads him to Paradise Island and direct conflict with Wonder Woman. Now, this catches my eye because Wonder Woman has like the strength of Superman and she can fly. And Batman has no power. So if they're going to be in conflict and fighting... This is one of those times where I'm like, what's Batman going to do? Because he's actually going up against a real superhero with real powers that could kick his ass. How's he going to defend himself? Who's going to come out on top here? Where are his son's remains and why do they keep getting moved? I don't know. We're going to have to read the book and find out. And then finally, uh, on the DC side, Harley Quinn number five. For those of you who don't know, Harley Quinn was the Joker's uh, therapist in Arkham Asylum and he cracked her mind and she became his psychotic sidekick. And now, basically, Harley Quinn has her own comic book franchise. And number five focuses basically on all the enemies she's made so far in the comic, all teaming up together to attack her. But Harley's crazy enough, like batshit crazy enough, you know, that I could believe that, you know, maybe it's not those guys hunting her, but she may actually end up hunting them and taking them out in vicious and brutal ways. And so I think this could be a really fun time to show Harley's more brutal side that she learned from the Joker on how to kill people. So I'm kind of looking forward to this one. Nice, nice. All right, that's all you got for new releases with comics? That's it in comics. Alrighty, uh, coming out this Friday in theaters. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel when Johnny Depp does a sci-fi role? Are you are you, are you talking about Transcendence? Yes. This looks a lot like Lawnmower Man, Johnny yes, Mnemonic to me, along yes. those lines of people who are trapped in like computer worlds. Right. Is uh, Johnny Depp uh, plays a um, a terminally ill scientist who uploads his mind to a computer that grants him power beyond his wildest dream, and soon he becomes unstoppable. Right. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Depp just in general, like 
I, I, I think he's a great actor, but when it comes to like sci-fi, I, I don't know. Like, he's not the first person I think of that I'd be like, "Hey, I got the sci-fi role that we need to cast." I don't know, for. man. Johnny Depp, Morgan Freeman, Paul Bettany, Cillian Murphy. This is a pretty all-star cast here. Right, I, I agree with you. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Man, talk about an understated actor who's awesome. I know, so understated. I'm not familiar with his body of work. Oh, Clifton Collins Jr. was in like Pacific Rim, uh, Boondock Saints Two, All Saints Day. Uh, yeah, I only watched that one once. I, I I could I couldn't the sequel. It was all right. Like uh, basically, but yeah. So it's Johnny Depp's mind trapped inside a computer, and basically, you know, he could gain access to, like nuclear launch right. codes and set off bombs. It looks good. I'm not saying I may go. I'm not like gonna go see it right off the bat here, but it looked interesting enough. All right. Uh, this next one, I'm going to admit, man, this is going to be a shitty movie. It's going to get ripped a new one by critics, but it is a, uh, it is a guilty pleasure of mine. I like these type of movies. I think they're funny. Uh, I've always been kind of a fan of the parody, uh, genre. I hate those films. I love parody movies. You didn't like, like Airplane, Naked Gun? Those are parodies. Like, like those are good. I'm talking about the ones that have been coming out in like recent years, like like Remember the Spartans or whatever. Yeah, those, like those, those are just like shit. I know they're sh- they're so terrible. There is good parodies, but, but, like you said, like Airplane and Naked Gun. I know, but but, I mean, but those like what you just like the one you just mentioned, like you know Remember the Spartans and like all the National Lampoon parodies. They are just they're my guilty pleasure. Like Scream, if you still know, if I still know what you yeah. did last summer, the, my guilty pleasure. Oh, these are such and terrible. I movies. know, Sam. I'm not saying I'm proud of it. That's why it's called the guilty pleasure. Are you gonna go see a haunted house too? I'm not gonna go see it. I'm gonna wait for it to come out on Netflix or some streaming service for free and then watch it several, several, several times. I'd rather pay for you to go see a Rio 2 with Will I Am. Oh man. Then have you watched don't, don't, The Haunted House 2? Don't make me go see Will I Am in a movie. <laughs> Even if I'm not actually seeing him, it's just his voice. No, but uh, Haunted House 2 comes out uh, this Friday. This, of uh, course, is the sequel to Haunted House. You know, this is basically parodying um, the new uh, found footage horror movies that you see. Like, uh, you know, found footage became real popular with. A Blair Witch Project, and you know now most most what? I was trying to think of the name of those films. Oh oh, I thought I thought you were doing your classic like you fucked up again. Jeff. No, you said the wrong one. I was like, no, Sam Blair Witch is a found footage film. Uh, you know, Paranormal it, Activity. Par- yeah, that's that's where I was leading into before <laughs> before I got distracted. I was just thinking. Yeah, and and that and you know. So, so Hounded House is a parody of these found footage horror movies, and I gotta say, I'm I've never been, a, I'm I have watched these horror movies that the that uh, Haunted House is making fun of, and I don't think they're the best uh, horror movies that come out. The first Paranormal Activity, like 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 I went into it was it, all right. Well, like I went into it not knowing anything about it, so I actually bought into the hype that it was a real. Found footage film, not some film. Found footage film, yeah, scared me shitless. Like I went home that night, like had like I slept on the couch and not in my bed because like I was so freaked out by that right. film. But uh, so, anyways, so this has got the typical cast that you would expect a movie like this to have: uh, Marlon Wayans, uh, Jamie Presley, uh, Cedric the Entertainer is in it, 
and uh, Gabriel in Glacies is also in it, which is great because I th- I, I like it. I think uh, Gabriel and uh, uh, Glacies is a great stand-up comedian and um, is a, is actually a really funny dude. All right, this one, this next one, my final one for uh, coming out in theaters this week. It's limited release, uh, so. I don't even know if it's playing in uh, in Dallas where we're based out of, but you know if you if you listen, I think it was like episode one or two. Uh, I went off on a little thing about this uh, about this show. Uh, Trailer Park Boys is putting out a new movie. This is a third movie. Uh, the first two, one was just called Trailer Park Boys, the movie. Second one was Trailer Park Boys, uh, Countdown to Liquor Day, and now. The third installment, Trailer Park Boys, don't legalize it. Uh, I mean, it's the same storyline as the other ones, is you have the three friends that live in a trailer park in Canada, Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles, uh, and they live in a trailer park, and all they're trying to do is just get rich quick by doing schemes and scams. And, you know, uh, sadly enough, Ricky is the closest one to an actual legit job because he grows pot. And, you know, growing pot, you have responsibilities of shit you got to take care of. And uh, it's just kind of funny that, like, you know, the pot grower is the closest one to having a legit job because he actually has to take care of this product. Uh, Anyways. You know, kind of the same storyline. The three of them, they're trying to do a scheme to um, to uh, to get rich quick. Although, from what I was reading about the about the plot summary from uh, the Wikipedia page for this movie, is they are bringing in a lot of characters from the uh, from the first season, and so this like they're they're drawing back on more old material. So if you've been a fan of this show and followed it from the very beginning, you're, I think you're going to love it. Uh, they also do a really good job of making these standalone movies. So even if you're not familiar with the show and you don't know the entire history of the Trailer Park Boys uh, storyline, is you're still going to have a good time. Like I said, this is a limited release. Uh, so you know you got to check your local listings to see if it's playing there. All right, that's all that's coming out in uh, in theaters this week. Uh, we got to do our little like, oh shit, I forgot to mention this segment because there are two things that uh, that we forgot to mention. Number one, uh, a couple weeks ago, Daredevil turned fifty, and to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of Daredevil. Uh, they did a really cool Daredevil comic. It's called, or its issue number is Daredevil, Daredevil number one dot 50. And what this is, is this is three different Daredevil stories that really don't have a whole lot in common, uh, story wise, except for the fact that all three stories are, uh, Daredevil dealing with the fact that he's turning 50. So in this special, uh, Daredevil is aging and, you know, he's coping with becoming a 50-year-old superhero, which sounds amazing and sounds great. Uh, it's Like I said, is it's three separate stories combined into one book. Um, each, 
each story is written by different uh, creative groups and illustrated by different uh, people. So that gives you a great diverse stories and, you know, different uh, great drawings uh, for each one. So that is the first. Oh, shit. Forgot to mention it. My second one is today. Netflix. Netflix. Did I just put Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Did you just put like an ED like to like? Yeah, I don't as know. In, as in we're talking about Netflix in a past. Yeah, I don't here. know. Uh, but today, Netflix announced Hemlock Grove is coming back for a second season. Did you watch this show? I did. I watched the first one. And it looked so gross to me. Like I got so grossed out that I didn't even watch it. Like I saw the werewolf transformation clip where the guy pulls his eye out of his socket. And I was like, okay, I'm, and it's it's weird for me because I love zombie gore, man. But watching somebody mutilate their own body and rip off their own flesh, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm well, good. but but Thank but then, you. but then you remember, like, okay, this is done by Eli Roth. Yeah, I know. But like the thing is, I didn't think it was that strong of a story. And then you know, I'm reading about it, and it's like, oh yeah, Emmy nominated Hemlock Grove. I'm like, holy shit, this thing was nominated, really. But so I guess it has somewhat of a falling. I, I, I will tell you this. I will watch it. I, I probably will watch season two because Jean Grey's in it. I forget the actress's Femique, name. Femik Jansen. Yeah, whatever. Hot as shit. She's kind of like the slutty mom in the show, and you know that's probably what's going to keep me coming around to watching season two. Uh, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But so anyways, Netflix announced that uh, all 10 episodes of season two of Hemlock Grove will be available Friday, July 11th. Orange is the New Black comes back in June. Oh, shit. For real? For real. That saw, is one show that I do like. poster for it. Awesome. Uh, we, we will definitely be covering that show when it I comes loved, back on. I loved Orange is the New Black. The one thing that scares me about Orange is the New Black is it seems like they're trying to stretch out you know because like she was only in jail she was in jail for how long um like two years really i thought it was i thought it was shorter than that because i remember well i mean you could say that you that the book this that the show is based off you could use that as like source material just to keep coming up with seasons right because plus i mean spoiler at the end she beats that girl half to death that's probably going to add on some more time to her right but also as you find out like at least if I like, I, I watched Orange is the New Black when it first when it first dropped on Netflix. Is like I watched the first episode and then I just marathon watched. So I watched it as soon as it came out. So it's been a little bit, and I've only went I've only watched it once. Is I'll probably watch it again as uh, as June gets closer. But if I remember correctly, um, what we kind of find out at the end of this of the first season of Orange is the New Black that the entire season was only like two weeks. Like it was like a really short amount of time that no re- that that I I thought I thought that's what I got I thought that's what I got out of the first season I don't think so because because I, I remember thinking like she was in jail for in real life for such a short amount of time that like it could have been covered in one season you know is I'm gonna have to go back and I have to re research uh, the uh, the original story of Orange is the Black. But that definitely, I knew they were doing a second season. I hadn't heard that of, um, I hadn't heard that they were, um, had, were releasing, like, you know, uh, getting close to saying, like, this is when it's all coming out. 
All right, that's all I got for Oh Shit, I Forgot. Um, Sam, you got anything else for this? Game of Thrones has been renewed for a fifth and sixth season. Wow. So there'll be two more years of Game of Thrones. Wow. That was the Oh Shit, I Forgot on our Game of Thrones segment. Alrighty. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We've hit our uh, hour 20 mark. Our peak. We have hit our peak. I wouldn't say we hit our peak. We're only in like our... What six show? Seventh episode. Se- we made it. Th- I'm just saying we hit the peak for this episode. We are oh. we are done. No, we hit the peak and now we're on the downfall. I was trying to get us out of here. Oh, um one other thing. I wanna thank everyone who came out last Friday for the uh Editing Bay uh movie and a podcast. Uh it was such a good time. I I do not do well in like live situations like this, like you know, like you know, doing a live radio show one or whatnot. You know, Sam, you and I did that in the past, and that's that's I'm cool with whatever. But like, you know, doing this live event that we just did, like, you know, was something different. Not real experience with. I was panicking the whole time, but like, you know, Joe and Joel, they were keeping their cool. You know, especially Joe because Joe's Joe's a big theater guy, so this was nothing new for him. In fact, this was probably a cakewalk, but. uh Anyways, we had a great time. I want to thank everyone who came out and supported us. Uh, It really means a lot to us. Uh, Also, a really big thank you to Duncanville Bookstore uh, that helped provide uh, our giveaway prizes for our raffle. And, you know, also for just being a damn cool uh, comic book shop, you know. So props to them for also just... Yeah, thank you for all the support that you've been giving us. Right. Um, so once again, thank you to everyone who made uh, last week's uh, movie and a podcast uh, possible. Uh, we thank you so much. Alrighty, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Sam, let's do your thing. Stay strong, ditch the herd, be a nerd. See you next week. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.